Welcome to Any Questions, a podcast about conception, pregnancy, and realistic motherhood. Follow along on my journey as I ask the questions we all have when it comes to getting pregnant, staying pregnant, and becoming parents. I'm not an expert and I have no experience. I'm going through it all just like you. So thanks for being here and let's get into it. Welcome back to the Any Questions podcast. Today's question is, why is no one talking about the TTC journey? Why don't we talk about trying to conceive what goes into conception beyond just obviously the birds and the bees part of it, but the actual journey of, you know, couples trying to bring children into the world or solo people trying to bring children into the world? Why don't we talk about it? I think this is a thing that most couples go through alone. And then within the couple, it usually falls on the partner who is carrying the pregnancy. So if you are in a heterosis partnership like I am, that often falls on the woman, the one who is, you know, tracking for ovulation and seeing if she gets her period and peeing on test strips and taking her temperature and checking her cervical mucus and the position of her uterus and all these other super fun things that go into the process that I've talked about in past episodes. But more often than not, the discussion or the whole journey of trying to conceive, trying to have a baby stays really within the couple. And then again, so much of that weight is on the woman. And I was getting curious about this, hence the episode, (laughs) about why we do keep this a secret and why it's not something that's more broadly talked about. So I thought that would be a really good episode to kind of dive into. So first things first, I think just sort of in a more positive note, I think one of the reasons why couples aren't talking more openly about their conception journeys fertility struggles, things like that, is that they want it to be a surprise. Um, My husband and I have talked about we're really excited for the time when we get to announce to our parents and friends and family that we are pregnant, that we have a little one on the way that's going to be so fun. They're going to be so thrilled for us, you know, emotional hugs, tears. We're really excited for that, to have that moment. I don't think there's too many... um, things that you get to announce um, that, you know, are, are surprises like that. That's such a fun thing to be able to announce to your family and to have all of these milestones to share with them, you know, sharing ultrasound pictures. And if you decide to find out the sex, sharing that news and, you know, telling them, oh, we're in labor, it's happening, you know, things like that. I think that part of the journey is all really exciting. And I understand why couples want to keep that a surprise. We definitely want to as well. Um, I also think there's that aspect of, you know, everyone, well, hopefully people know how uh, babies get made. So when you get too into the nitty gritty of like, oh, yeah, we're trying. This is month three. Like, you know, you don't really want to have that discussion with your in-laws. You don't really want them, you know, thinking about uh, your bedroom activities and saying things like, oh, got to leave early from dinner. Ma, got to get home and make a baby. Like, it gets a bit weird, right? So I can understand from that aspect why, you know, you don't want to get into the personal part of um, of the conception journey. And then I think as a society, we've sort of been taught, or at least I hope we've been taught, that it's not okay to ask women if they are pregnant, to ask them if they want children, to ask if they are planning to have kids. Um, you know, even with us, ever since we've gotten married, we've been married for... Uh, coming up on six months now. I should probably know that. (laughs) Uh, We've been together almost seven years, coming up on six months of marriage. Ever since we got married, there definitely has been a little more talk of babies in the air, but no one has like outright um, asked us like, oh, are you having, are you having kids? Are you planning to have kids? Are you trying? When are you going to have a kid? It hasn't gotten to that point yet. I know some of you listening are like, wow, you're so lucky because I get those questions all the time. (laughs) Um, I'd like to think our society is getting a little bit better about not asking 
asking those questions just because this is such a sensitive topic. You don't know if someone is struggling with fertility or just, you know, the fact that lots of people choose not to have children and that that is a totally 100% valid option. Um, it's a little awkward. I think the closest we've gotten so far, and again, we've only been married six months and we're still in, you know, COVID time. So it's not like we see a ton of people. I think the closest we've gotten is um, talks of my mother-in-law retiring and one of um, my aunts-in-law, I guess, sort of saying like, well, like she'll need a, need a good reason to retire. So just let us know when she should uh, put in for retirement, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, you know, little mentions of, oh yeah, you know, baby blankets and things like that, but it hasn't gone too outright yet. Again, we are early in our marriage. So maybe, you know, six months from now, the questions will ramp up a little bit more, but I'd like to think as a society, we're getting better. Of course, another reason that couples don't talk about this experience is that, um, as we all know, miscarriages are a fact of life, or I guess a fact of death, <laughs> as awful as that sounds. Um, they happen lots of birthing or pregnant people experience miscarriages or chemical pregnancies, which I believe I talked about in an earlier episode. And a lot of people don't want to share their news of, you know, being pregnant early on just because there is a higher risk of a miscarriage or a chemical pregnancy in those early weeks. And if you share happy news and then have to come out and share sad news, that's super tough. Um, I move sort of to minds of this, I think. And I think this is sort of the thing now. The common advice used to be, okay, don't tell anyone you're pregnant until you're 12 weeks along because the um, chance of miscarriage is, you know, quite low by that point. So, you know, couples would just keep it to themselves for three months. Um, and not tell anyone. And I think common advice now is tell people when you want to tell people. And if you want to tell people before that 12 week mark, because it's not like as soon as you hit 12 weeks, your chances go from, you know, 50% miscarriage to 0%. Like it's going down every week. Um, if you check out the book Expecting Better by Emily Oster, she has really awesome charts in there that short, sort of show you, excuse me, your miscarriage risk uh, each week. So the advice that I've heard that I think actually makes a ton of sense is like only share your pregnancy news with people who you would want to be there for you if something were to happen. So for us, I think we are very comfortable telling our parents um, before that 12 week mark, because if something were to happen, if, you know, we lost the pregnancy, those are the people that we'd still want to know and we'd want to rely on them for, you know, their love and support. So I think for you, if that is like, you don't want anyone else besides your partner to know, um, they're the only person you'd want to talk through a miscarriage with then there's really no need to share wider than that. If you're happy for, you know, your family to know, your friends to know, all of social media to know, your YouTube channel community to know, then go ahead and share early. I really don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. Um, I kind of love the idea of people who pop up at like seven months pregnant being like, surprise, I'm pregnant. I think that's such a fun way to sort of just be like, well, okay, and the baby's almost here. Like, I don't need your opinions on the first few months of this thing. Thanks. Um, I kind of love the idea of doing that. So that might be a fun little surprise. So I think our plan currently is to tell our, you know, parents and very, very close loved ones sort of right away, kind of as soon as we know, because we would want their love and support no matter how things go. And then to sort of tell wider um, groups of friends and family once we're a little farther along, maybe 12 weeks, 16, 20, who knows. And then personally, I don't really feel a need to do a big social media announcement until we're like really far along. Um, but that's wrapped up in a bunch of things. One, I think, again, it would be fun to sort of do a late reveal, sort of like a ha like, look, nobody knew, look at this cool thing we could keep a secret. Um, by that point, anyone I like talk to regularly would already know. So it's, I would only be keeping it a secret from like, you know, that girl I went to high school with who I haven't talked to in 
oh God, 12 years, <laughs> however old I am now. Um, and why else? Oh, because as I shared in earlier episodes, you know, I am a person in a larger body. I'm a fat person. So there's a very good chance that I'm not going to look pregnant until much later on. And I, I hope at some point in this journey, um, when I, when I do become pregnant, I'm, you know, going to keep it positive. I hope when I do become pregnant later in this journey, I can do a whole episode on being a fat person who is pregnant, um, living in a body that where you don't look pregnant. I think I'm just going to go on a little soapbox rant here. If you will allow me, um, we don't see a lot of fat women or fat people pregnant. That's not an image you see very often. And there's a couple of Instagram accounts actually that do highlight, um, I think plus size pregnancy. I can look that up. Um, I'm pretty sure it's called plus size pregnancy is one. And it's so cool to see people of different body sizes, particularly larger body sizes, um, be pregnant. That's not something you see very often. And I think we get a lot of this image of, you know, very, very slender, often very white, (laughs) very young, um, you know, beautiful, 22-year-old blonde moms showing off their little belly bumps and taking pictures. Oh, I'm going to do a week-by-week picture. And you know what? Like 100% go for it. If that's your body type, if that's what you want to do, that's amazing. But I can see how, for me, as a person in a larger body, that's super alienating because when they, you know, show off their little, whatever, eight-week belly bump or whatever, and they're in, in front of the camera and trying to look at it, like I can my bump is bigger currently, not pregnant. <laughs> like my stomach is just larger than that. Um, so there's a very good chance that I'm not going to look pregnant until much later into my pregnancy. And I've got a lot of feelings about that. I obviously need to unpack still and share. And I think we need to talk more about that as, you know, a community as, um, preg- as far as pregnant media goes, I think we need to do a way better job of showing off what different bumps look like and not just what skinny, um, you know, atypical or whatever, whatever skinny bumps are. Uh, I think we need to show what bumps look like on a wide range of bodies and that, you know, all bumps are different and all bumps are beautiful. Um, all that being said, that would be another reason why I would not want to announce my pregnancy on social media until much farther along. Cause if I announce it at, you know, three months or four months, I may not look pregnant and it might just look like I'm sharing a regular photo of myself, which is kind of sad. Um, but no, not sad. Sorry. I'm going to need to do a lot of work on this and sort of change my thinking. But again, another reason why I would want to sort of leave it as a surprise. Um, I think another reason why couples don't share their news is if they do start to tell people in their circles that they are, you know, trying to conceive, um, I think there's a sense of pressure, right? Like if other people in your life know there's this outward pressure of like, okay, has it happened yet? Like, did you do it? Are you pregnant? Is it time? Will I have a grandkid? Will I have a nephew? Will I have a niece? Will I have a whatever, you know, whatever the relation is going to be. I think people will sort of put that pressure on you. And trust me, as a person who is currently trying to conceive, there's already a crap ton of internal pressure I'm feeling from myself to the point that I think I'm like messing up my own cycle by just putting so much pressure on myself, Uh, which is probably a whole nother podcast episode. But, uh, you know, the last thing I would want is my mom and my mother-in-law and my stepmom and my sister and my best friend all calling, you know, every week being like, did it happen? Are you pregnant yet? Did it work? And, you know, my family is amazing and I can't imagine that they would do something like that. But I can see if everyone knew that there would be a lot more pressure um, to sort of hurry up and, and get it done. And as as you know, if you're in this stage of life, there's really not a way to hurry things up. It's sort of mother's nature's timing here on out. 
Um, but sadly, I think because of, you know, wanting to keep it a surprise and not wanting that pressure, and I'm going to get into a whole thing about sort of shame and judgment on this whole cycle of life, uh, I think it's made the conception process really mysterious. Obviously, this starts from a young age where um, sex, you know, is very taboo and most kids and teens and whatever are not taught, um, you know, appropriate things that they need to know about the process of how to make a baby and how just sex works in general and pleasure and all of those things that our school system and society has sort of failed us on. So not only do we like not have the education, but then because there is so much secrecy um, around this for valid reasons and for, you know, kind of crappy reasons. A lot of people don't know much about this process. To be honest, before I read that Expecting Better book by Emily Oster, I had no idea that there was only really five days per cycle that you can actually get pregnant. No idea. Um, had never heard of basal body temperature, didn't know anything about tracking cervical mucus or like the position of your cervix, didn't know anything about um, ovulation prediction kits or anything like that. I really just thought, you know, anytime you're not using protection, you can get pregnant, which of course, you know, you can um, kind of, but not really read the book. <laughs> but there was so much research I had to do and I had to really go on a rabbit go into a rabbit hole. Anyways, just do a ton of research, uh, reading those books, watching YouTube videos, reading articles, doing lots of late night Googling, which is like not the best way to, <laughs> to learn about anything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so strange that there's this whole world that no one knows about. And, you know, there's tons of people in my life who are not trying to make a baby or who, are, you know, never want a baby, not in that position, who still know nothing about this, right? Like if I went up to probably most of the men in my life and said like, hey, have you heard of basal body temperature? Do you know what um, TTC stands for? Do you know what cervical mucus is? They would probably just look at me like I had grown three heads because that's just not anything within their their realm of, of knowledge. So it's wild that there is so much information that you kind of need to know really um, well, I guess you don't need to know, right? But if you are in this TTC journey and you're trying to optimize your chances, um, there is a lot to learn. So it's it's interesting that because we are so secretive about the whole TTC process, that it's become harder and you really have to go seek out this information. It's not going to be presented to you. I think it's also interesting that because it is so secretive, we also don't know things like how long does it usually take, right? Like we hear from doctors, you know, if it's been more than a year, um, go ahead and get yourself checked out. I believe if you're over 35, they say only wait six months. And if you're over 40, I think they tell you just to go in right away, just in case. Um, but like, that's just information I've sort of heard secondhand. I haven't been told that by a medical professional. Um, and for all the people in my life who have gotten pregnant, uh, besides, you know, a select few I was very close to, and I sort of knew the journey leading up, most people, I have no idea how long they were trying. Um, it's just not something we talk about, again, for sometimes very valid reasons, right? We don't want to ruin the surprise. We don't want the extra pressure. Um, but it sucks that there's not that common understanding. You know, you don't know of, amongst your friends and family how long everyone tried um, to to get pregnant, how many miscarriages people had, what, what different uh, things people did, you know, that were helpful or that were not helpful. And again, totally fine. I'm not saying everyone in your life needs to come to you and say, it took me 13 months and I had three miscarriages. Of course not. Nobody owes us that kind of information. I'm just saying societally, societally, <laughs> um, on, on a societal level, uh, uh, it sucks that that information is not more public and it's not things that people know, because I think that could be really reassuring for people going through that TTC process. If you kind of know like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, my cousin, it took her a couple of years and oh yeah, we have, you know, miss a series of miscarriage in our family or something like that. It's also hard to know 
um, when to get help, but also who to go to and how, like, what is the first step? So for example, you know, my husband and I are, I've talked about this before, technically in cycle three, but also technically in cycle one, depending on how you count (laughs) of us uh, trying to have a baby. And, you know, some people say after a year, you should go talk to a doctor, but like, who do I talk to? Do I talk to my Um, you know, just my family doctor who I haven't seen in like two years. Um, What do we do first? What tests do we run? Does our insurance cover it? Um, Are there other things we should be trying? Like there's just not that kind of information readily available. It's not something you hear about um, often and you really do kind of have to seek out that information. So it's, there's a lot of mystery wrapped up in the TTC process, which I think um, is negatively affects people who are trying to conceive because not only are they keeping all of this to themselves, but there's so much they don't know and that they kind of have to seek out. And of course, if you are getting your answers from not so reputable sources, you might not be getting the information that you actually need. I also wanted to get into a bit of a conversation around shame and judgment, because I think that's a huge part of the, unfortunately, of the TTC process and the reason why it's um, maybe the reason why it's kept secret, but also um, one of the side effects of the fact that it is kept secret. I think, I know for me, at least, there's a lot of self-inflicted shame that's just, uh, which is so crappy to say that this early in our TTC journey, this is technically cycle number three, but also kind of cycle number one for us, um, that I'm already, you know, feeling ashamed that it's taking so long and feeling disappointed when my period shows up or feeling defeated if I think I've done my test strips wrong or not at the right time or, you know, messed up something. Um, A lot of confusion, again, which just happens to um, prove more that there's a lot of mystery wrapped up in the TTC process, not really knowing why things are slow or not working or what's supposed to be happening or if I'm on the right track. Did I miss the window? Is it still coming? Where are we at? Um, and I think a lot of that is also me, just the fact that my cycle is not super regular and it is longer. Um, it's harder to predict sort of <laughs> even with all of the fun methods that we have out there. Um, it's hard to predict exactly what's happening. And perhaps I have other things going on. Um, Maybe even Picos thought about that. I think I might've talked about that in past episodes. So the whole thing, there's a lot of um, negative emotions, I guess, wrapped up in it, which again sucks because that's not a great way to try to create a new life. (laughs) Um, And I think one of the side effects of the fact that the TTC journey is so private is that you end up carrying a lot of that shame alone. And as I said, again, if you are the person who is, you know, getting pregnant in the relationship, which again, if you're in a cis-hetero relationship with the woman, you, um, a lot of that shame is on the woman in the relationship, which sucks. Like that's not um, a burden that anyone should have to pick up. Um, And it sucks that I think because it's so secretive, you often carry that by yourself. So I'm sort of wondering, is it worth sharing Um, And I know a lot of people do. There are lots of uh, people who publicly come out and share that they are trying to have um, a baby. There's people, I'm sure, within their own friends and family who share that news. And then, of course, all over the internet. Um, If you go on YouTube, for sure, and I'm sure other Instagram, TikToks, Facebook, whatever, there's people who will share like, hey, yep, I'm, you know, trying to conceive um, my, a baby. This is cycle number three. Here's all the, my test strips. Here's a live video of me taking a pregnancy test, you know, things like that. So people do share this experience. It's not like everyone is keeping it a secret, but I think generally speaking, most people do keep it private and it's sort of, um, there's sort of that expectation that you are going to keep it private. But I wonder if it's worth sharing more publicly or it's worth, 
uh, a societal shift in how we talk about trying to conceive and this time in a person or a couple's life, because it could mean more support, like being able to, I think that's the reason why, sorry, I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but I think that's a reason why so many people, mostly women, turn to um, support groups. There's lots of like forums online and Facebook groups and things like that, that women will turn to those groups to share um, and to talk about things because one, nobody talks about it in public. Like you kind of have to find these, um, you know, little crevices of the internet, these private groups where you can kind of remain anonymous. You know, maybe it's your name, maybe it's your picture, but you don't have to come right out and share it. People don't know you in those groups. You can be talking to someone from, you know, halfway around the world and you can share and you can be open and honest because you need that support. You need that community. You need people to say, hey, this is going to happen for you. I'm wishing you the best or, oh yeah, that happened to me. Don't worry. Or no, that's weird. I had that checked out last month. You know, you need people to be in community with you, but you you also need people to sort of validate you, right? Because there is this mystery around it, because there's so little education and information readily available, you kind of have to find it wherever you find it. So I wonder if, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, you know, if there was anything else in my life that I was working towards, like a job promotion or, you know, wedding planning, we just planned our wedding. And, um, well, I actually do think some parts of wedding planning should be kept secret so you don't get everyone's opinion, <laughs> which I guess leads back to the idea of people putting pressure on you. Um, I can't imagine doing that wedding planning process without my mom or without, you know, talking to my best friend or involving my mother-in-law. So it's kind of funny that for this next big project, as it were, we're not really sharing that with anyone. And again, pros and cons, right? Like I think it sucks to have to carry um, that shame by yourself and not have that community. It sucks that there's not this greater education or information about this time. And I think that has to do a lot with just how we address sex in general and, you know, blame the patriarchy. I'm sure they messed this one up. Um, but then there's the pros of that too, right? Like you get to keep it a surprise. You don't have that outward pressure. You don't have all of these opinions. Um, you can, you know, just keep it private and that can be a really nice time for you and your partner to come together or, you know, you with yourself just to sort of focus inward and reflect. And yeah, there are aspects of this. Like I'm glad I get to keep private and I don't have to share outwardly. Um, but I wonder, yeah, if there was a shift in the way society sort of addressed uh, the trying to conceive journey if there was more education about it, that people would feel more comfortable sharing and um, would be able to get the information they need and the support and the community they need without judgment, without, have to, without having to carry that shame by themselves, um, without any outward pressure, but hopefully still being able to keep private what they want to keep private and being able to keep it a surprise from, you know, anyone they want to keep it a surprise from. So sorry, that was sort of a rambly episode and a bit of a shorter one too, but um, those are just some of my thoughts at this current stage in my TTC journey. It's a bit of a weird place where I'm at right now. And I, even with this podcast, I think I just have a lot more sort of existential thoughts as I'm sort of early in this whole TTC um, process. I am hoping, you know, I called this a pregnancy podcast, um, but obviously I'm not pregnant yet. So I'm not sure um, where this will go if I'm not pregnant. Maybe it turns into a fertility podcast or just talking more about conception and these sort of broader ideas. But I think if you are, you know, early on this journey, if you're thinking about having kids, that these are the things you think about, right? Like, you know, why doesn't anyone talk about this? How do I know if I want kids? How do I know how many? What is what is the two-week wait? What am I looking for? What are the symptoms? Like, I think a lot of these questions do come up when you're early on this journey. And it's not, you know, this is 
actually, this is to the whole point of this episode. The fact that I have now dedicated nine episodes and surely more to this early time of trying to conceive of this whole process pre getting pregnant, pre having a baby, I think is actually really important because we don't talk about it, right? Like a lot of these shows um, talk, you know, they start right at pregnancy or they start right at, you know, motherhood once you're already a mom and, you know, the baby's out and you're here. Um, but I think all of this before time is super important, especially if you are, you know, intentionally trying to conceive a baby and, and bring a kid into the world. I think there's a lot of thought and discussion um, that goes into that and a lot of worry <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, shame and disappointment and things like that. And I think it's worth talking about and sort of sharing those feelings. So I hope if you are in this stage of life, this episode sort of made you feel a little bit seen, like maybe these are things that you've thought about, like, hey, it would be great to have some community and to not have to feel this shame by myself. If you are feeling any sort of shame or judgment or pressure, or you're just not sure where to go, um, I'm sorry, that sucks. Honestly, you know, I don't have any I don't have any big advice for you rather than just to say that there are lots of people out there who feel the same way. And I think if you look hard enough, you will find that community and that support that you're looking for. Um, there are, again, deep crevices of the internet. Those people are out there. But it's also okay if you want to find that support um, with your own friends and family. There's no reason why you have to keep this journey secret. Um you don't have to be private about this. If this is something you want to share, or there's a few close people in your life, I am all for that. And I think that's a great idea to do what you need to do to feel more comfortable and more supported um, in this very fun, but also kind of awful process of trying to conceive. So wishing you all the best. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Any Questions, a podcast about conception, pregnancy, and realistic motherhood. If you liked hearing from me, I'd really appreciate it if you could do all the things. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend. Even if I wasn't able to answer all of your questions, I hope there's some relief in knowing you're not alone in asking them. Thanks so much for being here.